Hey everyone, it's Maria here. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to quickly share an exciting announcement with you all. On the 27th and 28th of June, I'm going to be in Brussels at the Association for Supply Chain Management Connect Europe Conference. Not only am I going to be delivering a keynote on supply chain talent development, a topic that I'm very passionate about, but I'm also going to be joined on stage by Abe Eshkenazi, the CEO of the Association for Supply Chain Management. So I have to say that I'm really excited to connect with like-minded professionals and gain valuable insights from very esteemed industry leaders. To book your space at one of Europe's premier supply chain events, be sure to follow the link in the description below. I look forward to seeing you there. So we're, we're seeing more women being supportive of each other and empowering one another. And the whole point of like our dyno run that we did is because you know, the message that automate is, is if you don't automate your solutions as a manufacturing business, you're going to become a dinosaur. But we took it a step further too, showing that, hey, women are coming together. We have a voice in this sector. We're making giant steps in our careers. We're stomping out the misconceptions. We're making the negativity extinct. Yes, we've all had like bad experiences, but it wasn't enough to like push us out of the sector. You're listening to Transform Talks, a podcast about global supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, a fast-growing network of over 130,000 supply chain and manufacturing executives worldwide. Now on this show, I'm going to be interviewing and having conversations with some of the biggest names in supply chain and business, where we're going to be discussing topics around digitization, transformation, leadership, technology, business models, diversity, sustainability, and much, much more. Welcome back to Transform Talks. This week, my guest is Megan Zimba. Megan is a technical writer, brand storyteller, and marketer for industrial manufacturers. In her day-to-day -day life, she wears a number of hats, but she is perhaps best known for being the host of Mavens of Manufacturing, a live video broadcast series which focuses on women in this sector. Its mission is to attract younger generations to join manufacturing or engineering career pathways to help close the skills and gender gaps. As well as this, she's also the owner of Z Inc Solutions, which provides the industry with copywriting and copy editing services. I'm really happy that we managed to get Megan on the show. It's always fun to sit down with someone who is extremely passionate about their message especially when that message just so happens to be something that I myself am equally passionate about. Diversity is, of course, a subject that we've covered in the past, but I think Megan brings a unique perspective due to her bold and fearless approach when tackling the issue. During the episode, Megan and I discuss her love of whiskey, the story behind her show, Mavens of Manufacturing, and the best way to address the topic of diversity. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Megan, welcome to Transform Talks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh, me too. Especially as we were chatting beforehand and you said to me, I was like, how do I pronounce your last name? So say it for the audience. So how is it that, what was it that you said to me? Because it was quite funny. Yeah, it's Zimba. So I usually tell people to think of the Lion King and Simba, but with a Z. Traditionally, it's pronounced Zimba because it's a Polish name. So uh, I had a couple Polish people at like, look at me weird and they're just like how do you pronounce your last name and I'm like well we pronounce it Zimba here and then they're like oh okay and I tell them how it's a Polish last name so it's, it's 
cool to meet Polish people and they know how to pronounce it. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, at least now I know that next time I talk to you, I'm always going to be thinking of the Lion King with you. But that's uh, but that's great. So, so I want to jump straight in, but before we do that, uh, uh, I want to talk to you about whiskey, uh, because I believe from our research team, they tell me that you're a big fan, uh, and uh, so am I. I do like a good whiskey sour, so maybe, you know, what's your drink? It really depends on the mood I'm in. So I really like a Macallan 12-year, which is actually a single malt scotch. But I also like bourbon as well, too. So I usually uh, go for Woodford Reserve with the bourbon. Um, I actually had some of that yesterday uh, during a, a happy hour. And then for rye, I actually like the Bullet brand for rye. So it just really depends on the mood I'm in and what, what they have available, because not all places have all of them available. So it just really depends. Exactly. All right. So I want to jump straight in now to talk to you about uh, your show, because it's not often that I, I do from time to time get fellow content creators, but I'm always excited to talk to another content creator. And your show is Mavens of Manufacturing, which love the name, love the alliteration, and it celebrates women in manufacturing. Now, I want to ask you a question. If you could talk me through how you started the show and how you run it and how you've been able to get it to where it is today. Yeah, so I actually was thinking about starting it way before I actually started it. I was part of a women's organization and we were looking for ways to up our membership for that organization. And I suggested Mavens of Manufacturing and they actually turned it down a little bit because they didn't want me to just interview women and that was what I wanted to do. I didn't want to include men in the conversation because I felt that we were underrepresented and I wanted to focus on what women were doing in the sector because I feel like we bring a lot of value to the sector. And a lot of times it wasn't getting highlight, highlighted back in the day when I first started thinking of it. Well, then around 2020, uh, when hit and things were starting to open up a little bit six months into it, I went out for tacos and whiskeys with uh, one of my friends and we were talking about our biggest fears and we both had a fear with heights and he took up mountain climbing. I went skydiving. <laughs> so we're still afraid of heights, but we learned how to like manage that fear. And he was like, well, what are you afraid of in starting Mavens and Manufacturing? And I was like, I just don't have anything ready. I don't know how to run a podcast. I have no experience in video editing or, or anything like that. And he's like, well, that's all easy. You can pick that up so quickly. He's like, tell you what, go on LinkedIn, say you want, you know, guests for this show, see what kind of feedback you get, and then come back and talk to me and I'll help you with all that other stuff. So I was like, okay, so LinkedIn, I made an announcement. Um, I said I wanted women who are in engineering and manufacturing and not just like leadership or you know, people who worked in the office. I wanted welders and fabricators and CNC machinists. And that announcement came out in December of 2020. I booked out shows until April of the following year. So clearly there was an interest for women wanting to share their story. So I went back to my friend. I'm like, okay, now you really got to help me because I have no, no idea what I'm doing when it comes to video broadcasting or podcasting at all. So he helped me set up my website and introduced me to StreamYard, which is the platform that I use. And I really 
wanted to start it during the pandemic because I saw all these conversations happening on LinkedIn because people were just creating content like crazy just to maintain their sanity because everybody was so isolated. And most of the conversations that I saw were all guys that I knew from my time being in the sector as a tech writer. And I would suggest women for them. And basically, they would say, yeah, we'll get a hold of them. But then they would never invite them to the conversation. So I was just like, well, I'm really just going to create this platform then so that I can bring women on. And I've had a couple guys on, uh, Maven. So I'm not completely like against having men on. But they were talking about, you know, what they were doing to be allies for women in engineering and manufacturing, which I feel is a huge uh, topic to talk about in terms of getting women comfortable in a sector that's predominantly men. And I'm not trying to, like, push men out at all by any means. I just want women to know that there's other girls that they can connect with that have similar, like, you know, fears or anxieties or, you know, stories of them, and then we can connect with each other and help support one another and then get younger generations comfortable entering this space because I've talked to high school kids, I've talked to elementary kids, I've talked to even college students, and they have a sense of fear still that they might not be able to progress forward in this this sector, and that's not true. Like, I know so many women who have established great careers in engineering and manufacturing not all of them purposely like entered into this sector most of them have fell into it by accident and i just think it's such a fun sector so every friday it's it's on at 11:30 central time i set up pre-briefings with my guests before they come on and just kind of get to know them and their backstory and why engineering and manufacturing became their place to be and then um we we mostly do lives, but I do offer pre-recordings as well too. And it's generally a half an hour to an hour conversation. And um, I I distribute it out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of the the social media channels. And it's just grown unexpectedly. Like I wasn't expecting this to be a job. I really just wanted to do this for fun to keep my creative flow going because I'm a, a creator. I'm a tech writer and just get story ideas for some of my articles. And it just grew into this this thing, this movement, and it's been fun. It's been really, really fun. And to go to trade shows and have women come up to me and give me hugs and uh, shake my hand and say thank you, like it's just, it's really humbling to see the difference that I'm creating in the, in the sector. So I'm hoping to keep, keep going with it. Oh, well, you know what, you have done such an amazing job, you know, such an amazing job in growing this. And I think it's such a worthy, worthy element of, of work that you're doing with regards to, you know, I, I know I've been in this sector a long time. I used to be the only woman in the room. So uh, I kind of understand the whole idea of there's platforms and voices of men everywhere. There should be a place that highlights stories. And I love your, I love the way that you've said, it's not just at the executive level. You want to talk to the welders, you want to talk to people that are working in manufacturing. One of the things that I always like to say is I feel that the supply chain and manufacturing industry kind of doesn't do a good job of promoting itself as a, a really cool, innovative, purpose-driven place to work. So do you think that 
by having channels like yours, uh, your podcast, uh, having channels like mine, it's a good way to get, number one, elevate the voice of supply chain and manufacturing to the levels of other people, but equally to bring less represented groups. Because I know you do a lot with second chance citizens, with uh, veterans, with, you know, so maybe talk us through that. Yeah, I absolutely think it's essential for channels like ours because we, I just had a conversation about this specifically. One of my friends created a post on LinkedIn and um, there's kind of, it, it's an uncomfortable conversation for some to have conversations about diversity because not nobody wants to be like oppressive or discriminatory or, you know, purposely trying to include, like disclude other communities. and there's still issues in our sector that we have to address. And the only way we can address them is if we have crucial conversations about them. And um, one of my colleagues, Andrew Crow, like he's phenomenal. He's going around the United States and he's talking to BIPOC individuals and BIPOC communities and he's getting them really excited because again, as a sector, we're not doing a really good job being our own cheerleaders and hyping each other up and being proactive and getting in front of the next generation. Yes, we're talking about the issues, but it's going to take more than that to get these kids to really understand the value. And sadly, I still think that there's this like misconception that, you know, blue collar, quote unquote, isn't a way to be successful. When I was in high school, community college was looked down upon. We were always encouraged to go to a four-year university, which is fine, but it's not for everyone. People learn differently from one another. People think differently from one another. Not all of us are really good at tests. Not all of us are good at math and science. But there's a lot of kids out there who are really creative and they're good at critical thinking and problem solving. Like they're good at it, but they don't know what opportunities in engineering and manufacturing exist or even supply chain. Like I didn't know what the heck supply chain was when I was in high school. I was started learning more about it as I got deeper into this sector. So we definitely need to come together as communities to, one, change the way our curriculum is and getting kids ready for success after high school. Because I do see an issue with, okay, how do I prep myself for a job interview? How do I create a resume? My daughter didn't she still doesn't know. She doesn't know how to do her taxes. So she's trying to figure that out now. She's 19 years old. I knew how to do taxes when I was 15. But I think we like shove these soft skills under the rug and not pay a lot of attention to them. So it's really important for us as a sector to talk to one another, come up with strategies with each other. There's a lot of manufacturing organizations within different communities, but they're siloed from one another. So how can we bring those organizations together to create phenomenal events and make them really popular, like athletics or like the healthcare industry or childcare? Like how can we start making these popular and what can we do differently at job fairs so that kids will come to our tables and actually have engaging conversations with us and then say, yes, that's what I want to do. Because they're not doing it right now. Yes, some kids are, but they they just don't know. They're not familiar with what's available. And, and I think that that's why platforms like yours, where you give voice to people at all levels of the manufacturing process, 
sorry, to women of, of and, and their allies uh, in the manufacturing process is, you know, it's just so important to highlight the value that manufacturing can bring to the world today and, and how, what a viable career it is for anyone at any level, right? I mean, how innovative, how how positive it can be, you know, the, the impact of manufacturing businesses on on climate is tremendous. And so to be able to work within an organization to change that from within, that's really cool. Not to mention the tech and innovation there is just, I, I'm like you, I'm really passionate about this space. And I think that we we really need to give, um, give you know, become our, our own cheerleaders a lot more, like you say. Well, my daughter, I mean, she's working really hard right now. She's going to school to be a surgical nurse because of Grey's Anatomy out of all TV shows. That's why she wants to be a surgical nurse. But now she's off for the summer and she uh, does waitressing and she loves it. Like she loves making the quick money and tips and she's trying to look for another job because she wants to buy a car. And we were talking about it and she's like, yeah, I won't apply at this place because they don't pay 10 bucks an hour or they pay less than 12 bucks an hour and I'm looking at her and I'm like wait what and she goes yeah they don't pay this much money and I'm like I made five dollars an hour selling jeans to people when I was your age like how the if so I, I feel like we're not listening enough either to generation z because we just we have these assumptions that they don't care and I'm I'm learning myself that they do care and they have certain values and that's what they're looking for when they're applying to jobs. So we really need to start having more conversations with them. Totally agree. Now, let me ask you about, and, and this is a really hard one. It's kind of like asking which is your favorite child. So it's a tough question, but what about your favorite uh, episodes or anything that comes to mind, anything interesting that you've recorded that you think, oh man, this was so surprising or I loved it. Yeah, so when I first started, I actually got to talk to two Rosies, the Riveters. They were 93 years old, and they were just the sweetest women. And I actually talked to one of their uh, daughters as well, so she's considered a rosebud. So any, like, children of the Riveters were considered rosebuds, and um. I did an interview with her as well, and it got pretty emotional. Like we were crying on the on the air, but just to hear like why they did what they did, and they didn't really know that they were taking a historical step for us as women here in the United States. It was really humbling and just empowering to see these women, and they're still like so proud of what they do and they still want to go out there so when COVID hit they just said how like how affecting that was their mental health because they were like we couldn't go and talk anymore and so they thought that they were missing a huge opportunity to spread their message out of women getting involved in engineering and manufacturing so it was just really heartwarming to see and then another one um her name is Barbie the welder she's a, a welding sculptor and she does amazing things. And her past was like really traumatic. Like she had a really traumatic past. And during our interview, her dad actually came in from the background and 
was on the camera and stuff. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know she was recording. I'm like, no, this is fine. Like, I love this. Like, I want to see the authenticity of my guests. And he just explained to us how proud he was of her because she overcame so much. And now she's this successful sister with welding. And she started crying and I started crying. And he's like, so it was just a really sweet moment. And that's what I want to bring with my show. Like, I want to bring that vulnerability and that authenticity because I feel like sometimes we lose where we started from and we get so caught up in, like, the hype of these vanity metrics. And I just want people to see that, you know, individuals in this sector are really the salt of the earth people. And they care about what they're doing and they take such pride in it. And they don't want to let anyone down and they work really hard because they have so many things that they want to take care of. And I think we need to bring that hard work ethic back here to the United States specifically because, you know, we have TikTok and we have uh, YouTube and we have Snapchat. And a lot of people think the way to be successful is to be some sort of influencer. But there really is more to life than that. So I'm hoping these stories uncover that for people and really spark a fire in them well i I love what you're saying because effectively we talk about industries right we're talking about the manufacturing industry the supply chain industry the automotive industry etc etc but there are humans behind these industries if anything there are humans that prop up these industries they're built on the back of humans and i think what you're doing there to to bring the human story of people uh, like that story with the welding and a uh, lady and her father. I mean, it, it just is, I think I can't thank you enough for bringing forward so many amazing stories of the manufacturing world. And, and I hope that this is an inspiration to our listeners, that there are people within your businesses that really want to give back and really love what they do. I, I'm going to ask you one last question. Well, there's second to last questions, but I'm going to ask you a question about the future. What do you think the future has in store for women in the manufacturing sector? Or what do you hope? Oh, I think it's going to be awesome because the great thing about social media channels is you can connect with people that you didn't even know existed. So there is a group of us on uh, LinkedIn. We actually have become quite close friends. Like we consider each other really good friends. And we also started a text uh, messaging group on our phone so we text each other regularly and we support each other and um at automate this past year there was seven of us that decided to dress up and blow up dinosaur suits and walk around the trade show floor and a lot of people were like oh that's ridiculous we're like yeah it is and they're like you're doing it for attention yeah that's exactly the point so nikki gonzalez and Allie g who host automation ladies they are just two of my absolute good friends and there's been you know people who attempted to try to pit us against each other as competitors and i'm like no i'm their sister podcast they're my sister podcast so we're we're seeing more women being supportive of each other and empowering one another and the whole point of like our dino run that we did is because you know the message that automate is is if you don't automate your solutions as a manufacturing business you're going to become a dinosaur But we took it a step further too, showing that, hey, women are coming together. We have a voice in this sector. We're making giant steps in our careers. We're stomping out the misconceptions. We're 
making the negativity extinct. Yes, we've all had like bad experiences, but it wasn't enough to like push us out of the sector. And coming together and we're, we're supporting one another. We're not trying to compete with one another. I want Nikki and Allie and all of my other friends who are women in the sector to do better than me. I want them to win and I'll do what I can to, to make sure that happens, but it's reciprocated. They feel the same about me. They want me to win. They want me to be successful. And I think that's highly important for all of us and for younger girls to see that and see us getting along and like supporting one another and being cheerleaders. That's giving them confidence. We have little girls watching our shows all the time. And when we were at Automate, we met one of their dads. They're called the Junior Board of Directors on LinkedIn. His name is Hank. He brought us cards that they personally made all of us. And they were calling us superheroes and saying, I want to be strong like you. And it was just the best gift ever that I've received. And I've had a little girl who is an aspiring artist. She did a, a charcoal drawing or an ass drawing of my logo and she had her dad send it to me. So we're making a difference. We are. People are seeing us and they're recognizing us. Allie G, she just started a non-for-profit. Allie, I'm going to mess up the name. I'm sorry, but it's a PLC Kids for Kids, but she calls it something else. But the reason why she's making these kits is because it's what we're actually doing in the sector so kids can actually touch the components that we're using put it together learn how to troubleshoot yes legos is great yes first is great but this is like real-time application work that she's showcasing to these kids and she's she's connecting with public schools so she's actually sending these kids these kits to public schools and kids don't have to pay for them so she's doing it all for free Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'm going to definitely look into this. Uh, you you have definitely inspired me as well. Now, unfortunately, that's all the time we've got, but I want to ask you a question before I let you go, which is a question I ask everybody on this podcast. If you could think of a book that has made an impact in your life, whether it's personal, a book, personal book, a professional book, uh, something and you know that's made an impact, then why? Yeah, so there's a book called Crucial Conversations, and I had to write down all of the authors' names because there's so many of them. But um, it's Joseph uh, Grinney, Carrie Patterson, Ron McMillan, Al Switzler, and Emily Gregory. It's called Crucial Conversations, and it's been a game changer for me because it actually talks about, you know, how to have productive dialogue and high-stake conversations. So, like, when you're having, like, intense conversations, emotions can get high people can clam up. This book provides tips on how to calm those situations down and to step outside of yourself and actually look at the other person's perspective and be more compassionate and empathetic. So because of our life experiences, that really determines how we take on conversations. And, you know, if something triggers us negatively in a conversation, why is that? Is it really someone doing something like purposely or personally, or is it because they just don't know and their life experiences has them reacting a certain way. So it really makes you take a step back and evaluate the entire situation so that you can have a civil dialogue with someone else who might have a different life experience than yours. And it's 
highly important when you're trying to build trusting relationships, especially in business relationships. So I recommend anyone to read that book because it's really, really good. Megan, thank you so much for being here on Transform Talks. Thanks for uh, your positivity and thank you for everything that you do. Uh, Megan, the manufacturing maven, love it. And uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much, Maria. I had a fun time. This was great. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I do hope you gained some valuable insight from this week's episode. To stay up to date with the latest developments, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at Transform Talks. Also, if you don't already follow me on LinkedIn, please do so now. I'm always keen to connect with supply chain and business leaders from around the world. You can find me by searching for Maria P. Villablanca. And if you're lucky, I may let you know what the P in my name stands for. In the meantime, wishing you a great week ahead. And as always, for those of you listening, I'll catch you at the next one.